Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for December 11th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21. Everything sports betting, me just talking about sports, me bitching, the whole nine yards, everything right there on Twitter. Instagram, sports betting, at ETOF21 Sports underscore. For free fantasy football analysis, at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy. And for free horse racing picks at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. Daily sports dates at ETOF21 Sports underscore sports news. How is everyone doing today? Can we believe we are two weeks away from motherfucking December? 25th, the best day of the year, motherfucking Christmas. God damn, I love this time of the year. Next week, we're getting Saturday football. Can't wait for that. You know, I got my Christmas lights up. I got my Christmas tree up. I had my first holiday party, went to the girls' holiday party, and it was funny, like, I don't know where, I, I, I get it, you know, she's a hygienist and everything, we go to her party, and of course, me being the asshole, I totally forget, like, if I don't write stuff down or read it, I forget it, that's why if you guys just look around my place and you watch the Better Than Vegas live streams that I'm on every Sunday, or the live show that Gina Bacala and I do, on, on Sunday night called First Look, where I look at the lines and everything, you you guys will see I always have notes around me. I always have nothing but notes here, there, everything. Like, I have legal pads all over my place because I need to write shit down. And I guess she told me, she claimed she told me, fucking forgot. So, of course, now I'm the biggest asshole in the fucking world because I forgot about our goddamn fucking Christmas party. So, anyway... um, We go to this Christmas party. We get there. We walk in. I'm looking around. There's no motherfucking booze. In what fucking Christmas party is there no motherfucking booze? In what fucking world is there no motherfucking booze at a motherfucking Christmas party? I don't understand how that is. It makes zero fucking sense to me that there can be no motherfucking booze at a motherfucking Christmas party. So me being me, I'm a problem solver. I like to solve problems. What do I do? I leave. I go across the street. I get a bottle of wild turkey at the nearest Chulasco, which is right across the street. It just happens for our offices. And now I can't go in rocking a fifth. I have my trusty Gatorade water bottle. So I poured a little uh, little bit of the finest uh, bourbon in the in the old uh, in the bottle. And, you know, I'm walking around with my Gatorade bottle with wild turkey in it. And eventually found out Dennis had Dennis got pissed and we got kicked out. So the girl that I am kind of seeing, I don't really know what we are. I may have got her fired from her job at her Christmas party. So just another average year. So all is good in the hood. But uh, all seriousness, love this time of year. You know, it's always good to kind of look back. And, you know, stuff's been great this year. You know, it's really taken off for here over at ETOF21 Sports. You know, I'd like to thank Gino Bacala who's opened up many doors for me a couple years ago. You know, I had one on his podcast. And ever since then, I've been a regular contributor that to his podcast, talking NBA, talking NFL, talking fantasy that has helped helped me grow. And that has opened up the door for me to go to Better Than Vegas. And now I'm on Better Than Vegas at least once a week, talking NFL, talking my bets. Um, I'd like to thank Leo and Chase who had me on their fantasy foreplay show where, you know, I talked a little fantasy football, which was great. You know, we talked about guys we liked, guys we didn't like, our fades and everything, which is great. That's going to be live Sunday at Better Than Vegas, and then I'll be on 4th and Inches on right after that. So, um, yeah, you know, I'd like to thank Gino. I'd like to thank Sterling for coming on, uh, talking everything. 
Uh, uh, of course, Brandon. Oh my God, dude. This dude, Brandon, he's going to be on later today. This guy, I mean, he has come on every fucking week, talks NASCAR, talks football, anything. And he's the dude, like, you can text him in the middle of the night, hey man, can you come on tomorrow? Yeah, sure, done. I mean, this guy is legitimately a legit dude. I want to thank him. Um, also want to thank Dylan, new guy to the podcast this year. Dylan and I become friends. Uh, it's great for him to come on. Great, great for him to tell him stuff. Uh, Shy, Shy, uh, she's one of the OGs. She comes on, talks NBA. Her and I may be meeting up in Atlanta when I go down there for the Peach Bowl. Um, we'll see about that. I, part of me thinks she's kind of all talk. Uh, Elena from Salt and Pretzel dresses in Salt and Pretzel. She's come on, talks some Houston sports. Uh, Alpha has come on. He's talked analytic betting. Um, uh, Lock God's come on. He's talked. You know, we've had a great, great stuff. Brian from Pano Picks. He's come on. You know, I just want to thank everyone that's taken time off. You know, it's been a great year at Etoff Two and Sports. We're looking to uh, looking to continue it. But uh, in terms of the podcast today, guys, you know, normal format. I'll talk about the Thursday night game. Go through my DFS build. Uh, today's guest, uh, Gino's actually going to be coming on my podcast. Gino's going to come on my podcast, and Gino's going to talk about the future betting market market for teams to make the playoffs or not to make the playoffs. One thing I've done this year in DraftKings and FanDuel is they offer these to make the playoffs or not to make the playoffs, which are great bets, and you can find great value on it. I've been logging some in. Gino and I just kind of we go through some teams in the AFC, a team in the NFC, if we think there's value or not, um, that's going to come on. And Brandon's going to come on. And Brandon's going to do a victory lap about his fucking Patriots. He told you guys the Patriots going to win the game last week. He's going to come on. He's going to put his chest out, head up, and he's going to brag about the Patriots. Um, but, of course, before we get into all that, got to talk about A, the betting industry, B, Thursday Night Football, and C, of course, my fantasy thing. My fantasy, like who am I playing, my DFS starts the, the, basically the guys I'm building around. So let me say this. There on betters on social media, whatever, there's a better and there's a content creator. And it's important to know the difference. I'm a better. I give you guys what I bet. Um, do you pay for football picks? Yeah, you pay for football picks. Why? Because I spent a great deal of my life doing this research and preparing this. So I'm not going to be posting stuff and have people stealing shit. And unfortunately, that's what happens. My shit got stolen. Word for word. I'd write out these huge articles. Word for word, verbatim, would get stolen. And I'm starting to notice some of the fantasy stuff is, too. And how do I know? Verbatim, what I write, is appearing in a different piece. So... Somehow that's happening. Hopefully, I don't want to get it where I'm charging you guys for fantasy in, info, but it, unfortunately, that's what we're doing. Um, you know, but the basketball stuff, all that stuff, I'm just giving away for free this year just because I have so much stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, going on. I don't want to have to deal with the headaches. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, it is headaches uh, giving my picks to you guys. Um, so moving forward after NFL is over, everything's going to be free. I'll be posting stuff for free. You'll find my picks on uh, panel picks, action network, bet stamp, wherever it's Twitter, Instagram, I'll be posting shit for free all the time. I'm just going to be doing that. Uh, football next year. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff on better than Vegas where I give you guys my thoughts for free, but, um, I make my money through betting and I do my stuff so goddamn early that 
it is the people that are my clients, I send them it and they sit on it, the email, the text message, the Discord talks, and they're not getting the pics in on time. And then they complain about me, about not getting them and stuff. I'm like, guys, I send you a screenshot of my bet. And it's just, you know, it's 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 just that thing. And what you guys don't understand is the struggle it is to bet. I'm now limited on DraftKings. I'm now limited on bet. Um, what is it? Bet Rivers. I'm now limited on FanDuel. And um, what's the other one? Caesars. I don't do anything with Barstool. I can't stand Barstool. I think Barstool sucks. So I don't even give them any of my business, but I can't do any of those. I have to rely on other people to do it or I do on offshore. And that's why I've continued to do offshore. Even though our betting is legal here, I'm still doing offshore. Why is that? Because I can put down a hefty limit and I can put down a ticket. Unfortunately, I don't have any runners anymore in Vegas, and that that's behind me. Maybe I'll move out there to Vegas one day, and I can get on a real sports book, get on Circa. But right now, I, yeah, that that's my life. I have family members that have started up accounts. I tell them what to bet. It's a fucking struggle being me, and I know you guys are probably laughing hearing that, but it's a legit struggle for me to get down the action I want to get down on the sports bet. I want to bet the Falcons, and of course the Falcons lost last week. I want to put how what was it? I want to put thirty five hundred on the Falcons plus um, plus the twelve last week. Thirty five hundred. Uh, William Hill, which is Caesars, DraftKings, uh, Bet Rivers, and FanDuel. All the most that let me put down was two hundred bucks. That was it. That was it. So yeah, I ran. I've run into that trouble, and but you know if you, if you win, that's what happens, and that's the difference between me and these like girls and these guys posting these weird videos. I don't create content. I create winners and I'm here to help you guys win money. And that's why you guys need to make sure you watch the stuff that Gino and I do and listen to his podcast. Cause I tell you guys exactly where my head is and exactly what I would do. Winners win. And when it comes to betting NFL, few people have the success I do. Um, so if you guys have any questions, make sure you to hop in on that. Um, in terms of the Thursday night game, Jesus Christ. If that game doesn't sum up the Minnesota Vikings season, I don't know what does. I mean, legitimately, if that that was the Minnesota Vikings season in a motherfucking nutshell. Get out to a big lead, inch to a one-possession victory with Big Ben dropping an absolute fucking dime to the tight end. I don't think you guys understand legitimately how good of a motherfucking throw that was by Big Ben to the tight end. That was a legit big time throw. And Fairmoose should have caught that, but it was jarred. I don't know. He should have caught that. I know it was tattooed by Smith and Barr, but there is zero excuse why Fairmoose should drop that. Now, that performance by Big Ben, that is why Big Ben is a Super Bowl winner and going to be in the Steelers ring of honor, number retired, Hall of Famer, whatever. There was zero reason. He got his ass kicked last night. He stood in the pocket. The offensive line is terrible. And he stood in there and he had a safety, a linebacker, defensive lineman running right at him, full motherfucking throttle. And he stood in there and delivered the throw. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Big Ben, 41-year-old Big Ben, he looked good last night. He looked damn fucking good. But unfortunately, with that loss, that pretty much 
eliminates the Steelers. And hey, guys, real quick, real, 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 real quick. Remember who gave out the Steelers under eight and a half wins? This guy. This guy gave out Steelers under an eight and a half wins, so that is looking good. Vikings, no idea what Dalvin Cook played. A, this legal situation, no idea why he's able to play. B, short week, shoulder. I really thought I was going to get one more game out of Madison because I have Madison in every single fantasy league. But you know what? Hey, it is what it is. I can't really complain about the run I got from Madison. But yeah, it was a great Thursday night game. Great way to start off the slate of games by getting a big W. And uh, yeah, looking forward to hopefully continuing that. Um, if you listen to the Gino Bacala podcast, uh, that's what G said, or watched First Look on Sunday. Kind of gave you a hint. Those are pretty much the only games I've locked in. Um, had to lock in the Giants plus the 10.5, which the COVID news started happening. I really don't care what the Giants quarterback situation is um but yeah that's all i really got locked in in terms of uh nfl i'm sure there could be some stuff added in terms of the line movement something i've kind of noticed with the line movement in the nfl is it's kind of flattened out now but come sun saturday and friday afternoon especially this saturday because there's no nfl games excuse me college football except for army navy stuff's going to start moving it's going to start moving a lot so you guys got to make sure you have those reminders set up look to cut on that um now let's dive into our fantasy breakdown. Again, these are the four guys that are going to be in every single lineup for me and the people I'm going to build around. Um, Joe Burrow. I know he's got the broken pinky and everything, but uh, you know, 49ers are giving up 19 points of fantasy protection per game. They're banged up in the secondary. Um, Mixon is not 100%, and the 49ers are pretty stout against the run. So I think they're going to force Burrow to pass. Cincinnati is the third best team in the red zone. So when they do get in the red zone, they're getting scores. And with the injuries to to the 49ers back for their secondary, I don't want to have to guess who the fuck's going to be getting the rock. You know, Higgins, Boy, Chase, whoever. I don't want to guess that. If I play Joe Burrow, I'm going to get production from all those people. So that's why I'm going to knock in Joe Burrow. Again, I want to be able to get 20 points from my quarterback position. And playing Joe Burrow, I'm going to be able to get my 20 points from there. So I love Joey Burrow there. Um, This one, this is kind of out in left field. And this is it for him. This is it for this player. If this player doesn't produce in this situation, I am officially done with this motherfucker. And never playing him again. And he's on my cannot draft everything list. And that that is running back Saquon Barkley. This is the best matchup for him. And the fact that Jake Fromm could be quarterback, it could force Freddie Kitchens to rely on the run game even more than he would like to. So that is why another reason why I like Saquon Barkley. Chargers are 32 DVOA defending a run. They average giving up 118.8 yards per game, 3.8 receptions. More importantly, 26.3 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. It is a phenomenal matchup. They cannot stop the run to save their fucking life, and the Giants have a good running game. So I really feel with Fromm being there, it's going to force Kitchens to say, hey, you know what? We're going to have to run the ball more. We're going to have to keep the 49, the Chargers defense guessing and use the run to set up the play action because I can't have Fromm back here passing. I think this is it, that if Barkley doesn't produce in this and produce 
I want at least 19 points. If Barkley does not get at least 19 points on the DraftKings format, I'm officially fucking done with him. Officially fucking done with Saquon Barkley. And the curse of the Penn State running back is 100% true. So I'm locking in Saquon Barkley. Um, Wide receiver. God. This was interesting for me. You know, I played around with some people. Especially, I really looked at Josh Palmer just because of the... The COVID issues, Mike Williams not vaxxed, Keaton Allen vaxxed, so he could possibly play. But since I'm recording this on Friday and we won't know if Keenan Allen is playing until Saturday, I'm not going to lose Josh Palmer. I'm tempted to take Westbrook from the Titans, but you know what? Not going to take him because Julio could play. I'm going to take C.D. Lamb. Now, the reason I'm taking C.D. Lamb is he's averaging 17.4 fantasy points per game, and the football team is the third worst in terms of fantasy football production to opposing wide receivers. But looking into it more, when Gallup and Cooper play, Lamb is averaging 24.7 fantasy points per game. Now, when he doesn't play, when one of them doesn't play, it drops down to 14.7 fantasy points per game. So obviously, the production, not the production, but Lamb is a slot receiver. So when Lamb moves to the outside, he's not that explosive. He's playing against better cornerbacks. Lamb isn't this elite route runner that everyone thought he was. Hey, hey, I didn't. Coming into the NFL. But when he plays inside, there's matchups he's able to take advantage of. And that is what is happening when everyone plays. Because Gallup and Cooper both play on the outside. So this is a great matchup for them. I think the Washington team is going to win this game straight up. I think they're with obviously cover the four and a half. But I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, a lot more than people realize. And I think Lamb's going to be the number one target, and he's going to eat on this defensive secondary of the football team. So we're going to lock Lamb in. Now, also, you guys know the rule. If Kelsey's on the main, it's going to be Kelsey. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, why, why, why? Here's the thing. Kelsey is in the midst of this great fucking run. This run that Kelsey has going on is one of the best runs ever in fantasy. This is like when A.B. had that four-year run where he's just kicking ass in the wide receiver position. And that's what's going on with Kelsey. I don't want to not play Kelsey, try to get cute. Kelsey scores 20 points. I'm up against it, and I can't fucking recover. I can't fucking do that. I can't do that at motherfucking all. So with that being said, I'm just going to lock in Kelsey just because, A, on tight end, you got to be one of the top guys or you got to guess who's going to score the, the touchdown. And I don't want to guess who's going to score the touchdown. I'm just going to put in Travis Kelsey and just move on. Now, but I'm going to do something else. I am going to give you guys two defenses this week. Defense number one, we're going to go with the Carolina Panthers. They're 20, I think they're 27, 2800 on DraftKings. They're averaging 6.8 fantasy points per game. But more importantly, they blitz 33% of the time. And Matt Ryan really struggles with the blitz. So I think they're going to be able to get to Ryan, make him a little bit uncomfortable. And then also, we're going to go to the Cleveland Browns. Must win game for the Browns. Garrett and Jack, sorry, Garrett and Clowney, both healthy. Uh, Ravens without their starting right tackle, I'd really think uh, they're going to be able to get to Lamar, create a little pressure and everything in their 2700. So those are the two defenses I'm going to be circling my DFS lineup around. So again, let's just review quarterback. We're going with Joe Burrow, warning back, Penn State's finest, Saquon Barkley, CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver, Kelsey at the tight end, and then one of those two defenses in our cash game lineups. 
So now on the podcast, we're going to have my running mate, Gino Bacala, from uh, Twitter. You know, um, it's me, Gino B. Come on, we're going to talk some NFL futures to make the playoffs. Gino, how you doing today, buddy? Doing good, buddy. Appreciate you having me on here. And, uh, yeah, we talked a lot of football, but this will be fun to, to get a uh, look at some teams that maybe we can play. Instead of playing from uh, just what's coming up this week, we can get a look at uh, what's, what's ahead with the rest of the, the season. So I'm looking at it like this. You need to get about nine to five wins to like have to make to make it. So mm-hmm. I started to play around on the um, old ESPN playoff machine during my one of my many sleepless nights here in cold ass Chicago. <laughs> um, and I came up with some ones. You came up with one. Um, I like it. I actually played this one a couple weeks ago. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Why don't you tell everyone why you like the Seattle Seahawks? So Seattle right now, um, I was able to lock them in at plus 1950 to make the playoffs. So Seattle won last week against San Francisco. That was the third week back for Russ. That was, the I guess, the fourth week back now for Russ. And Russ is finally starting to look a little bit better. That was the first time they'd scored 20 points since, uh, I think, week six. So... I thought Seattle played pretty well last week, but this is a lot more than uh, thinking that highly of Seattle. This is me looking at the schedule. Seattle is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite this week at Houston. Then Seattle will play against the Rams, a team that they know very well, the team that, for as much as I'm a Rams fan, and I think the Rams are pretty good, I don't think they're terrifying, and they haven't been playing all that incredibly uh, you know, in the last you know month, month-and-a-half or so. Then... In week 16, the Seahawks will have the Bears at home. They'll play the Lions at home following that. And in the final week of the season, they'll have a game at Arizona where the Cardinals might, in that at that point, already have the division clinched. They might have a number one seed clinched. They may be in a spot where they're sitting some of their players and they're resting you know, a lot of their number ones. I think when you dig into the, the Seahawks schedule and you, and you think about what's their money line going to be in every game, well, it's like minus three, over minus 300 in this game to start. It'll probably be plus 250 to plus 300 against the Rams. And then they'll be minus 200-ish favorites against the Bears and against the Lions. And then who knows what's going to happen in that Arizona game. You probably need four. You need four wins to get in, maybe. And if you got four for Seattle, you're going to be close. Because there might be a team that gets in this year that's under 500. There might and that's what another one comes down to. I look at the teams, Eric, that are around Seattle, and none of them are teams that I, I'm so confident that they're going to win three or four games in a row or they're, or they're going to really perform well in the last part of their season. We're talking about teams like the Vikings, who are winning right now on, on Thursday night football, talking about the 49ers. We're talking about the Falcons and the Panthers and the Eagles. None of those teams are terrifying. I think there are some interesting things to like about a Seattle team with Russ getting healthy. He's not going to quit. He's going to keep trying to win every time he goes out there. That's how he's driven. Seattle did this last year. They've had these stretches at the end of the year where they kind of start to figure things out. Their defense is a little bit better than we may give it credit for. Hey, and you know what? You take a big shot on on a team that's in the twenty to one range. Like, sure, why not? I mean, sprinkle a quarter unit on it, dude. It's a great ROI. I love that play. I locked him in a couple weeks ago, and this is the the time Russell is supposed to be healthy when he first hurt his injury 
to his finger. This was the week where everyone said he, the doctors were saying he was going to be healthy. So I, I love that play. And everything you said totally hits the nail on the head why you sh- guys should lock this in. Um, in terms of the AFC, now to me this is really interesting because I think there's a lot of value here. And the first one I want to ask you about is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, they're currently at eight and four, but that's a log jam in the North because the Bengals are seven and five, Steelers are six five and one, Browns are six and six. Let me round off the Ravens schedule for you and tell me what you think. Um, at the Browns, Packers at home, at the Bengals, Rams at home, Steelers at home. Kind of a tough schedule. They're plus three fifty not to make the playoffs. They have 13 people on the IR. Tell me what you think about the Ravens. I think it's very, very likely. Uh, it's, it's worth the play at that number, absolutely. You, you, they could lose every one of those games. Mm-hmm. They could win maybe every game, but they have not played well all year long. This is a team that they got the benefit of the doubt how many times at the end of games where they were just on the right side you look at all of their games they almost all could have flipped the other way and it's it's when that happens eric i think we saw it earlier with tennessee in the year the the regression starts to happen right the balls only bounce your way so many times so many weeks in a row to where then three or four weeks in a row they start to bounce the other way this this feels like a great spot for cleveland coming off of a bye trying to get revenge, Cleveland playing for their lives. Then they got to play Green Bay right after that, who just feels like a much better team than them overall. Then you got to go play a Bengals team who beat you up, and they beat you up in your place, and you got to go play them on the road. And then you got a Rams team and a Pittsburgh team that could be playing for their lives. Yeah. That's not an easy schedule. That's a brutal way to close, an absolute brutal way to close. Yeah, I love that plus 350. I actually locked that in earlier in the uh, in the day. Excuse me. Um, another one, and you know, you and I had a good conversation about this matchup on your podcast. Um, the Bills, they they're playing the Buccaneers. Um, the thing about the Bills is this: that them losing to the Patriots, I really feel there's no chance for them to win the AFC East now. Okay. You know what I mean? Because the Patriots will have completely have to fill up, fall apart. Them losing to the Colts, the Colts hold the wild, they hold the, um, was it, tiebreaker advantage to them. I really feel you need 10 wins. You look at their schedule, they're at the, um, the Buccaneers this weekend. Um, they're at the Buccaneers, uh, Carolina at home, at New England. Falcons and then the Giants. Um, I really feel you got to get to ten wins. They're currently at plus three twenty to know not to make the playoffs. I I kind of want to say I want to play that because if they lose two games, you know they're going to be right at the ten mark, and if the Colts get to ten, they lose a tiebreaker and they're out. I like the Ravens one a little bit more than this one. But I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate this one. Uh, I do think there are probably three wins that we can find for them. You probably got Carolina, Atlanta, and then the Jets at home. So those are the three. And then 
it comes down to their their two really tough games. You know, they got the games at Tampa and they got the game at New England. This week, you and I both like them in their spot, but again, that's that that's two different things. You like liking them in the spot this week, getting three and a half points versus looking at overall and saying what's more likely for them to win the game or or not. And then if they don't, then where does that put them in a really tricky situation to where now all of a sudden, what if you do lose one of those games that you shouldn't? Yeah. I mean, this is a team that lost to the Jags earlier in the year. This is a team that, do we know how much we can trust them? So I prefer the Ravens, one, to the Bills, but I mean, mainly just because I think the Bills' schedule is way easier, not way easier, but is a little easier down the stretch. So if they if they luck, accidentally win this game against Tampa, then they're probably in pretty good shape. So I, I guess of those two, I'd prefer playing the Ravens not versus the Bills. Now, let's move on to the team that you're, I, I swear to God, like for Christmas, I'm going to get you a Baker Mayfield jersey, man. Get it for me. We're going to cook it up. <laughs> I'm going to, me and Baker in the kitchen, cooking some cooking some shit up together. And uh, these brownies, what are they, like in the plus 250 range, right? Yeah, like plus, plus 250, 255, depending on your book. Um, this is their schedule. Ravens at home, they're a favorite. Um, Raiders at home going to be a favorite at green bay probably going to be oh my god what do you think six six and a half somewhere in that yeah, range probably under a touchdown yeah but, uh, yeah they'll be a dog um at the Bengals, probably like god god only knows. no sorry at the steelers got god only knows god only knows what that's going to be pittsburgh could be starting god Dwayne haskins at that time at the season's and falling that's off probably a game that's pick them yeah to, to to Bengals or to the browns being favored yep and then Bengals at home, which could be an elimination game. I mean, ta- tell me how Baker's going to be the savior here. This is <laughs> I, I like I like them actually. There's you do look at their schedule. You just kind of played it out, right? And that's what it comes down to. A lot of these when when you're playing the futures more than this is this is to make the playoffs, not to win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So these guys just got to get in the playoffs. So then, and that's the difference. Can they take care of what's ahead of them? Sure. Can they beat Baltimore and the Raiders at home? And then all of a sudden they're eight and six. Now you start to feel pretty good about them. Then they got a game where they go at Green Bay. Well, you know what's sort of nice about them going to play Green Bay? They kind of are the template for a team that shouldn't really have a problem playing in Green Bay, right? If it's cold or if it's in a situation where you have to run the ball a lot, that fits Cleveland pretty well. Uh, so I actually don't think they would have the worst chances in that type of a game. And then you know, you got Pittsburgh, who I think they're better than, and then you've got Cincy, who they'll be favored at against at home. Um, to, to me, that looks like a, a, a really nice schedule down the stretch. This is a team who just got had their bye, so they have a, a, a great opportunity now to get healthy, to tweak some things, to figure out, okay, what's working for us? What do we have to do for Baker? Um, let's get more uh, Kareem Hunt and Chubb on the field together. Now we know that we don't have Conklin. You have pointed out on my show and a couple different times how how much better they are with Conklin than without Conklin. So now at least they know, and they've had a week to prepare, hey, we're not going to have this guy. We have to run this way. This We're going to do a better job of going this, this side, or we have to get a little bit more creative with how we're going to do things. I think Stefanski, he showed us last year off of the uh, off of the bye that he could have uh, he could make some tweaks, and he could do a really good job. And uh, I, I expect them to do that again this year. I think they're going to win these next two games at the very least, and then they're – 
you know, they're right. They're right there again. You know, th- this is the big one, though. They have to win this first game against Baltimore. They cannot lose and go down to six and seven because then there might be too many teams for them to have to, to, to jump over. Yeah, I mean, I I want to take this, but I, I don't know. Like, I see Baker every time you close your eyes. That's I, what happens. That's I'll tell you. Happens. I'll tell you what. If I'll 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 make you this deal. If they win this game. Come Sunday, I will have one nice Baker Mayfield tweet. I will send that. There we go. That 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 will be it. That'll that'll do it for me. That'll Uh, that'll make me feel a lot better. But and also their defense is getting healthy. I mean, I was so high on this defense. You got um Garrett, you got Clowney, who I think Clowney's very underrated against the run. I mean, it's right there for him. And this is the time where if Baker wants to be the guy, this is the time he's got to step up and do it. I mean. At that number, I'm probably going to be invested in them. As much as it pains me to say I'm going to have to back Baker Mayfield, I'm I'm going to have to do it. Um, the next team, you were very high on them. They started off the season coming out, guns blazing, kind of limped a little bit. But they did look good last week, defeating the Chargers 28-13. to We got the Broncos at plus 430. Um Oh, excuse me. They lost to the Chiefs last yeah, week. They beat the Chargers yeah, and yeah, then they lost to the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, my fault. My fault on that. But that was a game that they could have won. I mean, they're right in Oh, my in gosh. That, they were driving with an opportunity. They were right in that game. And then the big the big turnover flipped everything late. It wasn't as if – it's so weird because their receivers are so good. They just they haven't figured out how to use them. And you and I are both big fans of Javante Williams. I think the more Williams, the better for them. And maybe that's, that's the type of – Sometimes we see this happen, right? One player can get really hot and you can ride him. If he is the type of player that is just winning games for them and and making them a really tough team and sort of a unique team to defend, because if if he's good and he continues to break tackles and he led the team, I think he's always been towards the top of the statistics and, and broken tackles in college and so far this year. And if he becomes something that you're not... You know, just like a wild card at the end of the year and helps them win a couple games. And then all of a sudden, they become a little bit tougher to defend because they have three pretty good wide receivers. They have a couple very good tight ends. Their schedule is sort of favorable. They've got the Lions at home. And they're, I mean, they're a 10 point favorite in that game. Then the Bengals go to play in Detroit. And the Bengals are, I mean, I'd say that, what do you think? Detroit's pro- or the, the Denver's like a short, a short favorite in that in that game. Yeah, that would probably be like a two and a half. To, yeah, one something less maybe than even a field fit. goal, maybe yeah. even. But with it, like a, a point to two favorite, I'd say. Then you got, I mean, at Vegas, and at then they got the three divisional games to end at Vegas, at the you know the Chargers, and and versus Kansas City. So they win. I mean, they win three. They're probably in. Yep. Yeah. They win two. They're probably not, but if they win these first two games at home, which they're going to be favored in, then all of a sudden they're in a situation where, I mean, you got to win one of your last three probably to get in. And if they beat the Bengals, they'll own the tiebreaker over the Bengals, which is huge. Um, they could own the tiebreaker over the Chargers, which is huge. God only knows what's going to happen in Las Vegas. I think this team has some life to them. But I think they need to give Javante the ball. It blows my mind he leagues the NFL in broken tackles. And you have this kid, and you're fighting for a playoff position, and you just aren't giving him the rock like they were on Sunday night. It's just just mind-boggling to me that uh, that they don't do that. Um, the last team is a team that 
I was high on, you were high on. It seems they're starting to figure it out. And they're a pick them at minus 110 to make it and to not make it on FanDuel. And that is the Carson Wentz-led Indianapolis Colts. They're currently at 7-6. and six. Um, Looking at their schedule, they are on the bye this week. Primetime game at New England, at Arizona, the Raiders, and then at Jacksonville. Um, what are your thoughts about this this Colts team? The Colts are sneaky, man. They're really sneaky. I think I, I would. So the minus one ten to make the playoffs, yes. But I actually think that if you like the Colts too, they're the type of team that if you're going to make that bet, you probably want to make a, like a bet even a little bit bigger. Like who in the AFC do you would you honestly be terrified of the Colts playing? If they've got Taylor running the ball as well as he is, and with what they, you know, they're capable of doing, I don't, I don't know who would terrify me all that much in a in a one game situation, or even just they like they have talent, they have ability. So yeah, I mean, they might be fun to to get a little creative with. Maybe you want to play a, a big shot on them to win the AFC or anything. But I guess all that being said, yes, I definitely do like them to make the playoffs because. I think they're gonna they're gonna be in a good spot when they play uh, New England coming off of the bye in a few weeks. I think they are gonna be, you know, then they'll go to Arizona, who you and I have both talked about a little bit. We we think Arizona's a little overvalued. Then they're home for the Raiders, who I don't believe much in, and then they go at Jacksonville. So, I, I mean, I think they can win three of those games. And then win three, and then you're in. I mean, like I said, I really think in the AFC, especially ten is the magic number. If you get to 10, you're in, and I can definitely see him doing it. I mean, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. So let's take, let me pull this up real quick, see if there's that. Um, So a conference winner, I mean, they're at plus 700. They're too far behind the eight ball to do that. What about a Super Bowl future on the Colts? On FanDuel, I'm pulling up FanDuel. Right now, the Colts are currently at thirty-nine to one. Absolutely, just a little bit, just a little bit. If you, especially if you like, right? If you're someone who likes the Colts a little bit, why not? I mean, do you think they wouldn't be able to beat what you've seen from the Chiefs or a team like the Ravens or the Patriots, who are going to see them play? I just don't think any of those teams are all that all that terrifying. We just saw them compete with. The box, we've seen them compete. Look at all the teams that we've seen them compete with and play. They, they've had one of the toughest schedules, and they've played against good teams all year long, and they've played really well in most of those games. The Rams, they were right in that game. The Titans, they blew that game. You know, I think they can beat anybody. The, the, the problem that is is that, you know, you get those once quarters or you get those Wentz drives sometimes where you're just like what the hell is that but then as long as he doesn't make those plays or try to do too much and they just get smart and they really focus on handing the ball to Taylor then yeah they're the type of team that can get hot and that can be really tough down the stretch yeah I mean that's definitely I mean 39 to 1 you know I, I definitely like that number I think I want to lock that in right now Gino my man I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day coming on Talking a little NFL future betting. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find your podcast, your live streams, the stuff you do with uh, Staple Duo, whole nine yards. 
Yeah, uh, thanks, buddy. I'm happy to help you anytime, man. You've helped me a lot through the years. Eric joins me every week on That's What G Said podcast. You can download that anywhere you get your podcast. Usually has like two episodes a week, covers everything going on in sports. There's always horse racing on the show. And then the, the one that comes out right before the weekend, Eric and I go through every single one of the games and we discuss uh, you know overs, unders, totals, uh, spreads, prop stuff, uh, fantasy stuff, a little bit of everything. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, it's me, Gino B. You'll probably get all the info every time I've got stuff going. As you mentioned, Stable Duel, Better Than Vegas. we got uh, stuff coming up. We'll be covering horse racing for Santa Anita and Sam Houston in the uh, in the next few weeks when they start up. So lots of stuff there, and you'll always hear a lot of Eric on, uh, on That's What G Said. We're very lucky to have you all the time, buddy. Dude, I could not thank you for having me on. You've opened up so many doors for me, and I greatly appreciate that. I will talk to you this Sunday morning. Hopefully, you'll be able to talk me out of playing the Texans at plus 10 at that time. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do my best. We'll see what that number ends up uh, settling it out on Sunday. All right, man. Talk soon, my friend. Talk soon, buddy. So now, coming on the show to do a victory lap, he tried to tell everybody. He said the Patriots were going to win. We're having Brandon, Boston Boy 83, to come on, talk about that Patriots win, and talk about like how confident he is moving forward the rest of the season. Brandon, you must be on cloud nine, man. How are you feeling? I am. I'm feeling great. Good to be back on with you. Um, super pumped with that game. Granted, weather conditions made it difficult all around for everybody. So, yeah, I'm going to take a victory lap solely because Bill Belichick decided to line up and run the ball 46 times for 222 yards, and the Buffalo Bills had no answer. On the flip side, I will blame the Bills for losing that game themselves, not only because of the defense not stopping the run, but the fact that they get into the red zone four times and have starting field position of, what, 40 yards? Yeah. And could only punch it in once. So, Sean McDermott, you're mad. You hate that Bill just dominates you. You you don't like it. You're, his post-game stuff was so salty. But you had all the opportunities in the world. Josh Allen had all the opportunities in the world. And they couldn't execute. And, I mean... Let's just take a look to appreciate Bill Belichick. Let's just take a minute and appreciate him. He's the reason why the Giants won all those Super Bowls back in the day, beating Montana in the late '80s. Um, he's the he's he he was the coach when the Browns got their last playoff win. I mean, he decided he was going to go totally 1940 style football. And he, he has this team built to beat the Bills. He figured the Bills are the biggest competition in the East. And, I mean, they're built to beat them. They play defense, they run the ball, and the Bills can't stop the run, man. I mean... Correct. That... And the best part about it, this means we haven't locked up the division. We definitely haven't locked up the number one seed. Things are falling in our favor to be able to do that. But we have a bye week this week, and then we go on the road to the Colts. Very good football team that will probably run the ball that we're going to have to stop. And then the Bills come back to us, which normally we know how this works with these divisional games, at least in AFC East. Normally these series are split. Well, we never showed any of our passing game whatsoever. So the fact that we can have as many different routes, plays, styles, formations, setups that we didn't have to use last week, that the Bills won't be able to game plan on besides whatever they've seen in film. And I don't know. I... I think the Colts game is going to be the most important. I see the Bills losing to Tampa this week, so that will give us an extra game up on them or half a game, however we want to count it. 
And if we can beat the Colts and go into the last three games with a two- or three-game lead in the division, I think the division will 100% be locked up. But I am not going to overlook playing the Colts next week. See, because I, I think that's important because I feel that's that's the game that the Colts have to win to get into the playoffs. Like, I really feel like you need to get to 10 to make the playoffs in the AFC because the AFC is just stacked. And, yep. like, if the Colts don't win that game because – they it's they're two back on the on the Titans um they lot the Ravens own the tiebreaker so I mean that's just an important game for them to get in but the Colts do own the tiebreaker to the Bills so my thing is this looking at the Bills schedule hear me out my friend this is a gambling podcast we like to give little little tiblets that hypothetically, like you said, they lo- the Bills lose to the um, Tampa to uh, to Tampa. That would drop their record to seven and six. They then go play Carolina. Carolina, that's your neck of the woods. That is an absolute fucking tamp dumpster fire. Yeah. Okay. So now they're eight and six. They go. They play the um, Patriots. Eight and seven, they could be eight and seven, having to play the Falcons and Jets. But the Colts own the tiebreaker. If the Colts get to ten, and the Bills get to ten, Bills are out. Bills right now are trading at plus three forty, not to make the playoffs. That's a pretty tempting number. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. That that's a tempting number because on the flip side of it, I looked at the Colts. The Colts are pick them minus one ten both ways to make or miss. So that that's a tempting little bet. Like I, yeah. I locked I locked that one in. Now speaking of bet, I'm not a fan of betting who's going to win the Super Bowl early on by any means. I've never liked those because I just I, it's not my cup of tea. But for the last four years, the team that had a bye week in week 13 last year won the Super Bowl. The year before that, the team that had the bye week in week 12. Before that, week 11. Before that, week 10. So week 10, 11, 12, 13. If you had a bye, you won the Super Bowl. Serious. This year, the Patriots have a bye in week 14. So do, do, do we see 10, 11, 12, 13, 14? For bye week Super Bowl wins. So what you're saying is my Eagles 85 to 1 has legs. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, so the Eagles and the Pats and uh, the Lions don't have a shot. I think they have a bye. Um, There's a, and the Colts. Do, Colts. Wait, do the Colts play this week or do they have a bye? They had a bye last week. Colts are at 3,900. Um, Gino, who was on the podcast earlier than you, he mentioned he actually gave out the Colts at thirty nine to one to win the Super Bowl. That's tempting. That that's a tempting little nugget with them, isn't it? It is. It, it really is. Because um, I mean, I'm looking at the Super Bowl market future right now. I mean, I I truthfully feel like with the Patriots, they're at plus seven fifty. There's no real value to them. Um, no, not at all. You know, looking. But let's play right. Let, let's play now. What if? Okay. So I'm 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 pulling up the um the standings right now. 
they have the one seed. We'll say two seed Titans. Three. We'll just we'll just go off exactly what it is right now. I'm gonna read off. I'm gonna read off some games, and you tell me who you know you feel is going is going to win, and then we'll just kind of take it um, take it from there. So first game, um, Titans and uh, Bills. Who do you think will win that? Bills. Okay. Um, so you're going you're going Bills in the upset. Ravens, um, Bengals. I hate you're doing this to me. I would have to take um, I hate those two. Um I'm gonna have to go with the Bengals on that. Okay. And then Chiefs Chargers. Chiefs all the way. Alright. So that means for the third in the if in, in the scenario you just laid out, the Bills would be playing the Patriots in the divisional round. That would be the third time. And realistically, like I, I, I don't think there's any way the Bills go into New England right now and win. Do you think this New England team could beat the Bills team at home for the third time during the season? I want to say yes, but here, here's my, here's where I'm scared. We talked about Mac Jones last time and kind of his ceiling, and you said he, he is who he is. Yeah. The run game has been spectacular for us. The dink and dunk has been working. But where I'm afraid is if the run game gets shut down at all, like at all, Damian Harris, 50 yards, Stevenson, 25 yards. Like if there's no movement in the front line, can you rely on Matt Jones to go out and throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns in one playoff game? No, not at all. I so, I think Matt so Jones. That's my concern. So I'll say, even as a fan, seven and zero these last seven weeks, phenomenal. Am I excited? Absolutely. Do I think we have a team that can go to a Super Bowl? One hundred percent. But if one specific portion of our game, which is the run game, does get shut down a certain way, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, I wouldn't trust Mac Jones at all. And the fact that even though it was windy, like when the wind's at your back, you could throw a little bit, I feel. And he didn't attempt to pass to the fucking fourth quarter, man. Like... I don't like. But, but what I wonder is that is that a uh, is that a Bill Belichick strategy of what? Just saying, hey, we're not going to run the ball. We're just not going to pass. We're just going to run. Yeah, hey, we're going to run the ball. If this thing works, that's all we're doing. That's it. We're not going to require you to throw at all. And I almost feel because there has been a couple games where Mac has unleashed and mm. done really well. Like a, a couple of games where he throws for two fifty, and his, his ball accuracy is very, very good to me. So is it something where, like, you know what? Nobody really knows about your throwing. We're gonna just try and keep handing the ball off and ground and pound. If it works, that's all we're gonna do. But we do know that you can open it up if needed. Yeah, maybe. Like I just, I, I don't. I, it just seems like a Bill Belichick style situation in that aspect. I just feel that he's like, hey. And looking at it, it's kind of like my reasoning for like hyping up the Eagles, taking the Eagles' future. 
Belichick real realizes he has a legit defense. He has a top ten offensive line. He's just gonna lean on the offensive line and just just give you gut punch after gut punch after gut punch, and rely on that to win the game. Correct. And he's and if gonna that sh- works. Sorry, if that works, he doesn't need Matt Jones to do anything. Yeah, he just needs him to go out there and and do what he's doing. But um, I don't know, man. Like I just. <sighs> I don't know. Like, I'm still... You said it before. Is he going to... Hypothetically, you play the Chargers. You play the Chiefs in the in the AFC Championship. Okay? They get Chiefs or Chargers, whoever, score a late touchdown to go up 24-20. to 20. You need to drive 80 yards in 92 seconds. Do you trust Mac Jones? I, I can't say I do because I haven't seen it happen. But I, on the flip side, play devil's advocate. He hasn't had to do it, so we don't know. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. We don't know if that is something he can do. Can he drive down? Can he drive the length of the field? And how can I say this? I'm the type of guy. I'm not going to believe that you can do something until you actually show me you can do it. Yeah, I gotta see it. I, I agree with you 100. And it, until you show it to me, I'm not gonna believe it. You know that maybe maybe that's just me, but that's just who I am. Um, I will say this though, man. Looking at the um, New England and all their um, off, excuse me, off season acquisitions, I have to say they probably made the free agent signing of the year and it's legitimately not even Judon. close. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, what that guy is doing is just absolutely insane. I wonder if there is a future on him to win defensive player of the year. I'm pulling up FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Even though I'm currently limited on FanDuel Sportsbook, I'm pulling up FanDuel Sportsbook um for some reason. Um NFL, we're going to seasonal awards, MVP, offensive rookie of the year, Mac Jones is minus four fucking 50. Are you kidding me? Yep. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Chase is right behind him, right? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Belichick plus 150. Yeah. Wow, they don't have any. They don't have defensive player of the year out here. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Let me pull up old DraftKings. See what they have. That's kind of interesting. They don't have defensive player of the year on this bad boy. Probably because they don't want Patriots just to be across the board as favorites in every category right now. Look at you, dude. I mean, I just, I don't see how you could give like they purposely said you're our worst chance of winning the game. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. You're our worst chance of winning the game, but hey, here's uh, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's just I get it. Like just mind blowing to me. Um, I think I, I think the main reason it is, to be completely honest, is he's not turning the ball over. Oh, here it is, Judon eight to one. Ooh, that's kind of juicy. That's kind of juicy. Judon eight to one. To win rookie, not rookie, excuse me, defensive player of the year. 
let me see what it is here. Uh, most valuable player, uh, Brady, the chalk. God, Mac Jones minus 100. Yep. Wow. He's not even that impressive, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, you got to trade. It's trademarked. MJ10. <laughs> like, it's just. Did I tell you about my trademark? No. Um, well, it's done now because he's been benched for long neck Davis Mills. I uh, I tried to trademark instead of Tyrod, Ty God. Ty God. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, uh, you know, live the fight another day. So, so basically, right now, um, their record is the Patriots' record is what? Nine and five? Yeah, nine and four. Nine and four, excuse me. Looking at the record. Right now, I just want you to tell me if this is going to be a win, a loss. What do you think? Okay, nine and yep. four, go. Um, Colts win. All right, t- Bills win. Jags win. Win at Dolphins loss, and then the Dolphins. That game will get them into the wild card. Dude, there's no way, dude. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. I will. I will we'll bet a twenty four pack of choice. There is no way a Tua led team is gonna get in the fucking wild card dude. Think about this. So they've won five in a row. The Bills keep dropping a few games. The Steelers are dropping games. If they rattle off a couple more wins and get to that last game against us, they're possible wild card team. I mean, I look at it like this, dude. You have to get to ten to be to win to get in. Okay? They currently have six. You know, I I don't see him getting in, in in over the Chargers. I don't see him getting in over the Bengals or the Browns. I don't see him getting in over the Colts. Uh, you're you're right. I'm gonna have to on a live podcast. I'm gonna have to backtrack that because I didn't realize, just speaking off the top of my head, that that many teams are sitting in front of them for the wild card. These are the teams in front of them for the wild card. Okay. Um. Colts, Raiders, Steelers, Browns, Broncos, then the Dolphins. I mean, I just don't. I mean, like, I don't. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I just don't see how they can do it. Yeah, no, I'm looking at you're right. Even Denver's ahead of them. I mean, and also let's not forget they have two as their fucking quarterback did. Yeah, you're right. Never mind that. But the, the Pats will have the Dolphins for the last game of the season. Yeah, I could see that. Belichick just. Yeah. <laughs> But then here's the thing, though. Okay, they have the bye. Historically speaking, teams that have rested their players then have a bye. So basically, two buys. They've struggled that next game. Would that make Correct. you nervous? Uh, it could. I mean, it, I said win, 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 loss. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if we end the season splitting, splitting the four games and end up eleven. What uh, eleven and Six. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. I also know when Bill Belichick has an extra week off to do what he wants to do with a, a team to prepare. Normally, we're really good when we come off of the bye. Now, did you watch when you watched the game? Did you watch the Peyton cast, the Manning no. cast? Okay, so they had um, God, what's his name? Um, Talik on, who I think is hilarious. I think. Have, if you haven't, li- like, I never listen to the announcers, but when Talik's on calling a game, I listen because I think he's great. Um, he basically said, like, 
Belichick is the one doing all the defense. Like Patricia, Romeo Corral, none of those guys do it. It is all Belichick. Um, which was which basically proved my theory that the um Lions hire of Patricia was the worst hire in the history of the NFL. One hundred percent. Um and did I ever tell you this uh fat Matt story? My buddy, he goes he's been to pretty much every Super Bowl. He didn't go last year for obvious reasons. Um he was at the after party after they won it, right before Patricia went to the um to the um, Lions. Lions. And uh they didn't let Patricia into the after party after winning the Super Bowl because security thought he was a homeless guy trying to get in. That's hilarious. I mean, are you kidding me, dude? Like, they didn't the pen, let him the in <laughs> because they thought he was a homeless guy. He didn't have the pen, he didn't have the pencil on the ear. I mean, and that's who they hired. Um my I have a source within the Patriots organization. Um and he made a comment to me. He said it's, and I want to get your opinion about this. That it's not Belichick. Excuse me. It's not McDowell. Josh McDowell. That's the coach in waiting. Josh McDaniels. It's not Josh McDaniels. It's actually the younger Belichick, his son. I could see that because I think Josh McDaniels is going to get a net, another head coaching job somewhere else after the end of this season. And he's, I'm torn with him because I think Kraft has probably sat down and told him, look, if you stay, whenever Bill goes, this is your team. But on the flip side, I think he knows that Bill probably has another five to seven years left. in. So if you are Josh McDaniels, do you sit behind Bill for another five to seven? I personally would because Josh did try and go as a head coach and he sucked. Bill O'Brien went as a head coach, sucked. Like everybody behind behind Bill, defensive coordinators that have left, everybody that's left and gone to their own team has not not been successful. Has been awful. Like it's god awful. It's not even just oh well it's bad, give him time to rebuild it's it's been bad. That's when Flores went to Miami, I was like, I ain't worried about Miami. Well oh, they got Flores and now now they've got uh Tua. Not not concerned at all. Because remember, last year, after we had that bad year, it was, oh, it's official. It's the Dolphins-Bills division. Nah, guys. Bill stepped back, made sure he kept all of his cap money that he could, knowing that he was going to be able to unleash in the offseason last year. He took it as an L. It was COVID, had Cam. Cam got COVID, didn't have a future quarterback, and he just sat there and, and just ate it for one year, knowing coming into this year, He's going to be able to spend all the money and get what he needs to be successful, and that is exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, credit where credit is due. I mean, Bill he, Belichick, twenty twenty four. I mean, he is like <laughs> no, like legitimately, he's like eight years ahead of everybody, and it's like it's like not even fucking close. Like how, like you know what I mean? Like it's it's legitimately not even close. How much ahead of the eight ball this fucker is than everybody else. So it's it's truly is remarkable, man. Truly is yep. remarkable. Um, so Brandon, I want to say congratulations. You know, um, we're definitely going to have you on in a couple of weeks. Let's have you come on right before the playoffs. 
Talk Patriots. You can tell us how confident you are at everything right before uh, right before the dance. That works. So, um, you know, you have a lot of stuff going on that's exciting in your life with the iRacing and everything, some new opportunities coming on. Why don't you tell everyone what's going on and where they can find you on social media? Um, BostonBoy83 on Instagram and uh, Twitch for iRacing. Uh, I've been off for a couple weeks. Uh, i got about one more week that I'm going to be off and the rig gets put back together and hooked back up. So make sure you jump on Twitch, BostonBoy83. Anything Boston-related, off the post, Boston Sports, which has, again, still been slow with dealing with the personal stuff that will be changing here shortly. But, uh, yeah, super excited to see what's next. Dude, you know what, dude? I'm excited to be along with the ride. We got NASCAR right around the corner. We got some entertaining stuff planned for that. So, uh, you know, good luck, and uh, hopefully... uh, Come February, you'll go from a Super Bowl title to uh, a Daytona winning sports bet, my friend. Yes, sir. Good luck this weekend on the bets, guys. All right. Talk soon, man. See ya. So that's it for today's podcast, guys. I'd like to thank you for taking time, tuning in. Like, subscribe, leave a review. As always, remember, football for the rest of the year is going to be pay to play. Basketball, everything else is going to be free. It will be posted. So make sure you follow me on Better Better Than Vegas, Pano Picks, Action Network, all those stuff. Stuff will be posted on that. Let's catch some tickets. Let's make some money. Loaded weekend of sports. UFC, college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, horse racing, you name it, we got it. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.